888-3-9900 back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPN NHRadio.com. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, let's get into the Celtics, guys. Number yeah. one seed for the first time since the 07-08 season. They will be taking on the Chicago Bulls, which is the matchup I wanted in the first round. And when we were talking about this a week ago, we were talking about, you know what, you want to get the Bulls in the first round, so maybe you should get the number two seed because at the time the Bulls were hanging around the seventh seed, I believe. Right, with Indiana. But you know what, it worked out in the end, and you got home court through the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So it worked out in the end. Now the only question is can Brad Stevens finally get that elusive first series win or like he has not yet won a postseason series as the head coach of the Celtics oh, no. so will that happen oh, as a better. number one seed you have to he, he needs to because if he's going to be called you know one of the best coaches in the NBA you gotta show it because it's just like Peyton Manning you could be the best regular season quarterback and not you know win a playoff series it doesn't matter because you're not going to go down as one of the best of all time with Brad Stevens he needs to start building his resume the proper way in the NBA and I think this is the best opponent for them because when you look at the Miami Heat, when you look at, you know, the Indiana Pacers, those teams will make you work. They will make you work hard, okay? Now, Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, you know, they've set their ways now. They're back on track, and I think the reason why is because Dwayne Wade um, was getting some rest. So Jimmy Butler, you know, kind of thrived into that role of as a superstar with Rajon Rondo being the facilitator for the Chicago Bulls. Now, I, I think it's great because I think their bench is horrific. You know, you get rid of Todd Gibson, you get rid of Doug, Doug McDermott at the deadline, it doesn't help your team. If anything, it gets worse. So all the weight's going to be on Jimmy Butler's shoulders. And I'm telling you right now, if Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder can somehow, you know, keep this guy in check, th- th- there's no doubt that the Celtics will win this series easily within five or six games. And, and, Everybody talking about Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's not really going to have an impact. I, honestly, I don't think. He might average 10 to 12 points a game. But we're not going to see the Dwayne Wade like old. I mean, Dwayne Wade is one of the – I don't know if this is maybe putting him too high, but he is one of the all-time great playoff performers. He is. Well, yeah, right? And don't you think that a lot of these guys sort of take a rest during the regular season anyway? And can't he just sort of pour it all out there in the playoffs and would, be at the top of I his I would say game? that normally about LeBron. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily true of Dwayne Wade. I mean, look, he does have the pedigree when it comes to performing in the playoffs. But in terms of taking it easy during the regular season just to, you know, ramp it up in the playoffs, I think LeBron has got that down to a science in which, like, he can literally just flip a switch and just exponentially – uh, increase his his production in the postseason. I don't know if there's anyone else in the NBA that can do that. They they tend to stay more on like a, a a line where it's the same type of production even once they enter the postseason. But yeah, I mean, you look at this uh, Bulls roster. I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler's the guy you got to worry about, but right. I wouldn't sleep on Rajon Rondo either. I mean, we saw this for however many years he was in Boston with like eight seasons he was here, and. What would we always say about Rajon Rondo? He takes nights off when they're not on national TV. When they're on national TV, when they're, when they're in the postseason, what are we seeing from Rondo? We're seeing triple-doubles, 17 assists, right. 20 points, 13 rebounds. We're seeing that type of player emerge when the bright lights are on, right. and that's all it's going to be in this series. So I think we might see some vintage Rondo here. So don't count that out as, you know, Rondo's past his prime. No. He's no longer the player he used to be. I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo comes out firing today, considering not only that 
that it's the postseason, but it's his old team in his old, uh, you know, it's the garden. It's his, his old stopping grounds. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rondo come out firing and, and end up with a triple-double tonight. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because ESPN Boston's Chris Forsberg wrote an article on Isaiah Thomas, you know, talking about Rajon Rondo. And Isaiah Thomas referenced him as national television Rondo. And he, he says that I'm, I'm a fan of this game. I know. Whether he tries or not, you know, those big games, he's always going to be ready for them. And the reason why he says that is because Rajon Rondo does take nights off during the regular season where he doesn't want to play, you know, to, to his advantage if he's playing, you know, against the Sacramento Kings or the Pelicans, all these, you know, crappy teams out there. So I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, Rajon Rondo and his talent, he has the ability to take over. He if, does. If, if Rondo but, played consistently like that, he would be mentioned in the same breath as Chris Paul. Unfortunately, he never did that. But, Ashish, to that point, there's no supporting cast. And, and I, I'm going to go back to it. I just feel like this roster isn't built for Rajon Rondo and Jimmy Butler to thrive in. Uh, you know, Fred Hoiberg and the, the Chicago Bulls went on a nice little run. But that, that run's over with, in my eyes. I think the Celtics are going to come out, and they're either going to sweep this team or it's going to go five. And at the end of the day, sweep. Well, because at the end of the day, it matters on depth. Okay, because I think if you look at Jimmy Butler, he's not. We said this throughout the entire season, especially at the deadline. He's not a game changer, a superstar, the guy that can take over a game. Okay, he's he's a uh, equitable, um, you know, two two way player that can play, you know, decent on both sides of the floor. It, it, he's not a game changer, LeBron James, say, Paul he, George. Yeah, he may not be, but the Celtics don't have that guy either. It's not Isaiah Thomas, and but I would Chicago say that Jimmy doesn't have that depth. They don't have the depth. But if you're going to talk about who has the big, the more star power, yeah, they, maybe the, Chicago's more top heavy. They don't have the depth that the Celtics do. But I would argue that Jimmy Butler is a hell of a lot better as a player than Isaiah Thomas simply because he has the size. Yeah. He can play on both ends of the floor, whereas we know Isaiah Thomas is a defensive liability, especially late in games. So, yeah, I would say that if you look at the star power, Chicago clearly has the advantage in that department, but, to that but point, they don't have the depth. To that point, though, you have the superstar versus the depth. What do you want? And oh, I'll take the depth. I would take the depth yeah. because Jimmy Butler's not that type of superstar, and that's the point I'm trying to make. He's, a, a, you know, a decent above-average player. You know, I wouldn't go all out. I would go all out for Paul George or LeBron James or Anthony Davis. He's not a game changer. He's he's a guy that's you know gonna make big shots here and there. He's not gonna make it on a consistent basis. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly right. So if if Isaiah Thomas wants to prove that he's one of the best players in the NBA, he better be going toe-to-toe with Jimmy Butler and showing him up. Because Jimmy Butler can play defensively, but with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, all these guys knocking down shots, it's going to be huge for ball movement to play a role in this game, and Jalen Brown's going to have to get touches somewhere. Is he not the best player on the court, though, in this series, Jimmy Butler? I he, would say he that. Isn't he, isn't he the best player out it's, there? It's he him is. and then Isaiah Thomas. Right, and and then who? After that, it, it's, isn't du- it Dwayne Wade? it's probably Dwayne Wade after that. Yeah. And then isn't it probably I'd close probably go when Rondo. you go to Rondo? Rondo and, or Bradley. I go and Bradley. And, and Avery yeah. Bradley. Yeah. Like, it's closer than you think when it comes to the top players on these two teams. But I think you're right. The depth, the bench, the coaching – all in the Celtics' favor. And let's not forget that success breeds confidence. The Chicago Bulls team was crap all year. 
They're not going to beat the Celtics in a, in a first-round playoff series with this much on the line for the Seas. Their reputation's on the line. They're being called a fraudulent first seed in I the feel, Eastern I, Conference. I believe that you were one of the people that was saying that last week. Yes, of course. They are a fraud first <laughs> seed. They are, but, it, I mean, it breeds confidence, does it not? No, it does. When people like me say they're a fraudulent sure, first place team. Sure, it puts a chip on their shoulder. It Absolutely. puts a chip on their shoulder. It and makes they, them feel disrespectful. They know what people are saying all week. They, they've been harping on, hey, we're the number one seed. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, the standings are what they are. The regular season is what it is. We're the number one seed. So I don't know why people don't think that we could succeed in the postseason. Well, it's because you haven't. It's because you haven't. So I, I need to see them actually succeed in the postseason to be well, satisfied at all with this team's success here's the thing. this if you, year. If you look at Brad Stevens' postseason history with the Celtics, he's only, I mean, in my eyes, I know he got swept. One and done, the, I know that. No, 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 but he got swept by the Cavs the first time that uh, he took the Celtics to the postseason. Then he lost to the Hawks last year. I know this is probably not the right way to think of it, but I'm going to throw out that Cavs series. They were never getting past the Cavs, period, in that series ever. Okay? They were not. They got swept. You can hold that against them, but you can't you can't put it on them for losing to the Cavs in the first round two years ago when Kevin Love injured his shoulder. I'm sorry, you can't put that on them. They were never going to beat the Cavs. What you can get on Brad Stevens for is losing to the Hawks last year. Yeah. That's a series that they absolutely should have won. So for me, even though Brad Stevens has two one-and-dones in the postseason, I only count one of them. I only count it was the offensive one. and lame, so double offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I only count the la- I only count the last run against the Hawks. Now that he's a number one seed, there's a lot of pressure on him. You cannot lose in the first round if you're a number one seed. No, you can't. Because you if can't. he does it, that, it will be it the no- most unacceptable thing that they've done in the past three years with Brad Stevens. Then what you're doing is you're proving all the naysayers right. You're that saying you're, oh, fraud- you're, you're fraud number one. Exactly, and they are. Look, they are. Cleveland's better. Cleveland is better. You can make the argument Toronto is better. When they're fully healthy, when they have Lowry and I would, the I would sure. even go as far as the Wizards. The Wizards possibly. are they're you probably can make they're... the argument for the Wizards. So look, look, they've had success though, right? That should inspire them to go out here and crush the Bulls. The Bulls had a crap season, and that should carry over. It's not like they were rolling into the postseason. No, and, and if I'm if I'm the Celtics, you know this is a wake up call in the early franchise. They're, they're way ahead of the game in regards to the development. You know, everybody's saying that, you know, they have to tank now. You know, that they're proving them wrong. And they're proving them wrong in the right way after the Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen era. It's now time for Brad Stevens to make his mark on the Celtics organization. And now's the time to do it, being the number one seed. Oh, he's got to win. He's got to win this series. No doubt about it. got to do it. Happens. All right, wrapping up our number one here on the Sports Blast. We'll be back with more Celtics talk as well as, well as Aaron Hernandez coming up after this. ESPN New Hampshire. Number two here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. About 20 minutes, we'll get into the Aaron Hernandez verdict from yesterday. Still uh, kind of shocked at the way that one turned out, uh, but we'll get to that as we continue to talk about the Celtics here. And uh, Mark, we were talking about this in the break. Since the Celtics got the number one seed, considering the way the NBA uh, playoff bracket works, 
they actually get to avoid the Toronto Raptors in the second round, assuming they get past the Bulls. Yeah, it's a and weird that was setup. a team that was a team that we wanted them to avoid. Right. And one of Brian's arguments uh, a couple weeks ago was, I don't want them to get the number one seed because at the time, the way the Eastern Conference standings were looking, they would face off with the Toronto Raptors in the second round. Right. But the way things fell, the way the chips fell, they don't have to face the Toronto Raptors until the Eastern Conference Finals. And we expect the Cavs to be the other team in the Eastern Conference Finals that the Celtics get that far. Yeah, and it's a gift. It's, it's a gift by um, you know the NBA gods because... <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, you're going to face the the Wizards or the Hawks rather than the Cavs or the Raptors, you know, in right. the, in the second round. I would much rather that. I, I would. Toronto has their number. I would. I would want a test, but I think I'm getting a test out of the Wizards or Hawks anyway. Uh, I don't want tests in the playoffs. I'm 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 path of least resistance type guy in the postseason. I mean, tests are for the regular season. Once you get to the postseason, screw tests. Just get as far as you can. True, and that's why uh, I think was it last year or earlier this year when we were talking about you know what kind of path you want, and Brian gave a BS answer about like yeah. you know I I want the hardest path, and I we all looked hardest. at them like he had five <laughs> heads like why? True, it's like no, it's you path of least one. resistance. You want the easiest path. I I, I agree. Um, I do have a stat for you though. I, I believe it's um the Celtics when they're the number one seed, they make it to the NBA Finals five out of six times um, in their history. In their history. So I, I think, you know, numbers plays a role, you know, just in regards to motivation. I, I think it's a, you know, a clean sweep in regards to a new season with the playoffs. So I don't think that really has an impact. But I think that should be in the back of their minds that this is a successful franchise in, in, in the NBA history. And I think Brad Stevens has to realize that we have to live up to it. Because we have to follow the tradition of Celtics basketball, and that's a winning mentality, playing fundamentally sound basketball, no errors. And I'm telling you right now, if if they turn over the basketball in the Chicago series, I'm going to really question the discipline going on with this team and, oh. and, and the message being sent. Okay, I want to just react to the stat you just gave me. Uh, so you said five of the six times in history when the Celtics have finished with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, they've made it. They've to made the it to the finals. NBA Finals. They haven't won every time, obviously, no. but they have made it. Right. The thing is, those five of those six times, I mean, uh, I'm assuming a lot of those were Larry Bird era. <laughs> you know, one of them obviously was KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. So a, a couple of them were. So yeah. I mean, you, yeah, that makes sense. As we've been saying, and I agree, I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're a fraudulent number one, like Dave. They are. But, but they, they might not exactly be worthy of the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Record-wise, they are. Record-wise, But, but yeah. I would say that, yeah, in the Eastern Conference, they're probably the second or third best team when you talk about the talent. I would say third. And, so yeah, isn't third. that the definition of a fraudulent team when your I, record says you're the best, I, I, but you know you're not the best? Not necessarily. You play because the you games look at that other are on your sports. Schedules. You look at other sports. You play the games that are on your schedule. Yeah. You look at the total wins at the end of the year, and it's a tangible point of reference you can look at and say, you finished with the most wins. You are, by definition, the by best. wins, the best team. Even though when we look deeper past the numbers, past the wins, we're like, well, are you, though? I mean, you could do that in football where you could say, are, hey, are they, they, though? Can you answer that question for me? <laughs> are they? Are they actually? No. Are I'll they? be the first one to tell you they are not. Which makes them a fraud number one But seed. fraud is such a strong word. I mean, I mean they're, yeah. they're, okay, fine. Fixed. They, uh, Fixed I won't use the seed. word fraud. 
I'd say I fixed. will say they are a, a an illusion of a number one team. I think that's a little bit better way of putting it. I think you could say that. It's the same thing. It actually sounds worse. No, I think you could say, no, let's put it this way. They are an overachieving number one seed. Sure. They're a number two, number three seed masquerading as a number one seed. Then, all right, the number them being the number one seed doesn't translate into postseason success necessarily. No, it just gives them home court throughout the Eastern Conference right. playoffs. So they have an advantage now that they've finished number one. It gives them be, hope. But just because they're the number one seed doesn't mean they're the best team going into the playoffs. No, but that's true of any sport. I mean, like I know, I know you guys hate when I do this and I cross other sports because it does change depending on what sport you're talking about. Mm. But how often in the NFL do we look at a team? that had a BS easy schedule and ends up with 13-14 wins. And we're like, oh, they're, they're not – I mean, like, sure. yeah, they're the number one seed. And obviously that number is two different. Seed. You don't and, play every team in the NFL. Sure, so that's why it's a little bit games. different. But how often do we see that and be like, oh, they're not the best team. This team that won 11 games, mm-hmm. they had a tougher road, they had a tougher division, they're the better team. Agreed. You, that happens all the time in sports. I mean, maybe less so in the NBA than in the NFL. Because it's an 82-game schedule. Sure. When it plays out on an 82-game schedule, usually the chips are going to fall where they're supposed to. Fine, but how often do we say in the NFL, like, hey, that team's a fraudulent number one? No, we say, hey, they're the uh, okay, number one fine, seed. But don't don't go with the, the league that has 16 games on their schedule. Go with the, the leagues that have the 82-game schedule. It's the NBA and it's hockey. Usually, at the end of an 82-game schedule, or even baseball, 162-game schedule, the best teams are where they're supposed to be. Now, uh, now, it's not as if the Celtics aren't right around where they should be. They should probably be the two seed. If you're looking, if you're looking at the talent, the rosters out there in the postseason, they're probably the second or third best team in the East. So there I, you I go. They're, they're the second or the third best team in the East. Right. Who got the number one seed. It's not like they were like a crap team that just went on a run near the end of the season because they faced a lot of sub 500 teams and then somehow crept to the top of the East because a bunch of the other teams fell out of it. Right. No, they were competitive all year. Granted, they had some trouble with teams like Toronto and Cleveland, and they they also had trouble uh, in the Western Conference with teams that were above 500. I think they had. Close to a losing record, Utah, right, or something Jack, like that, with yeah, with the Utah, teams over five hundred. Right, Phoenix. So, so, so yeah, okay, fine. They may not be. Look, I'm not saying that this is a powerhouse by any means. The East, as we all know, has been relatively weak for the last couple of years, right? It's basically Cleveland and everyone else. But at the end of the day, they are the number one seed, and we can't argue that. Like, if you were to ask me who is the number one seed in the East this year, it's Boston. They are the number one seed. There's nothing they can do about okay. it. If uh, let me just ask, if this series goes seven. And they and they advance. What what are you guys thinking at that point? If it goes trouble. seven against the Bulls, trouble. if it goes seven, I I wouldn't necessarily trouble. say trouble because look, this is a team that what have we been saying for the past month or so? They do not have a superstar, so I don't have a problem if it goes seven games because. Because they're not as good as their record indicates. They're not, and I'll be the first one to admit okay, that. Okay, But the thing is, I just have <laughs> so a problem. That's my you know, only but I, argument. No, but I have a problem with the terminology that we're using when we're calling them a fraud number one. But, which, I which, mean, that's just I mean, semantics. That's, you know what semantics. I'm getting at. Sure. You know what I'm getting at. Sure, but I mean, like what's they're wrong? not as good as their record or their position but what's, indicates. Okay, so I can't maybe believe I'm, we so wasted I'm, 10 minutes I'm just saying, I hate the semantics. I have a problem with the semantics I got points to make about this series. We got a whole Celtic segment coming up next, too, don't we? Or maybe not. No, let's get Sorry, go ahead. So go, Mark, ahead Mark. go ahead. Go ahead. Because I do want to hear a lot about the matchups here. Because I think, like, we just agreed the last segment that Jimmy Butler's the best player on the court. And then it sort of goes up for debate. Isaiah's probably your next best player. And then you yeah. can look at the rest of the rosters. You can say that the Celtics have more depth and better coaching. 
They should win this series. In my opinion, they should win it pretty easily because, again, the Bulls are the eight seed. They didn't have a good regular season, and I do account for momentum when you're talking about uh, carrying over from the regular season into the postseason, but everything gets intensified in the playoffs. Isaiah's not going to have as much room to shoot. No one will have as much room to shoot, but they're going to key in on Isaiah. I will say that I don't take stats accountable, you know, bringing into the postseason, but there is one in my mind, and it has stuck, you know, through me through, throughout the entire week, and that stat is rebounds. Okay, the Chicago Bulls were tied for first in the NBA with 12.2 offensive rebounds per game. Against Boston, they had 15 offensive rebounds per game. Robin Lopez averages three per game. In my eyes, that is a key stat because I think that the Chicago Bulls, they miss a lot of shots, okay? They're, they're not like a guarantee in every single time they shoot, you know, so they don't have the highest field goal percentage in the NBA. But in my eyes, if you're going to give them second chances to give them another possession of the basketball in a playoff like playoff atmosphere, you really need to step up and box the crap out of Robin Lopez and the guys that can grab rebounds like Merrill Titch as well. Because if you don't, it's going to be a long series, and you're going to give Rajon Rondo and Jimmy Butler a lot of freedom around the perimeter to do their thing. And I, I think, you know, moving forward, the, the, the games versus, um, you know, the Chicago Bulls throughout the regular season have come down, to, down the stretch. Like the Marcus Smart foul at the end of in, in Chicago. Like that played a, a major factor in regards to why the Celtics, you know, really hit like a, a stomping ground there. They, they really hit ground zero at that point because they, they just were lost. They, they don't re, like they don't remember why they lost. They don't know how they lost. So I, I think it's revenge now for the Boston Celtics to say, you know what, Chicago, you got away with that win in your home. But now it's the playoffs. We're going to start doing everything correctly. And the way you do it is not give up 15 offensive rebounds against the Chicago Bulls. You, you can't do that. If you do it, it's going to be a long, long oh, yeah. se- series. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt the Chicago Bulls are a flawed team and, and definitely um, have a lot of holes. But when you start giving up, I don't care who you are, when you start giving up second-chance opportunities to anyone. 15. And the Celtics are one of those teams that just can't rebound for the life of them. And when you start giving up those opportunities where teams miss a shot, get the offensive rebound, and then get second-chance points, I don't care who you are. If you're giving those opportunities away, it's going to be a short series not in your favor. I mean, You we can't s- allow those. We soared against Milwaukee at home. You know, Milwaukee missed a ton of shots. And the reason why they, they had success and we're still in the game is because Greg Monroe and, you know, all these guys coming off the bench for, you know, the, the big guys for the Milwaukee Bucks and Jason Kidd's team really started grabbing rebounds and staying in the game and getting second-chance points. And, and if you let that happen... Over the course of the series, not only do you use your demeanor as being an, an aggressive attack mode team, because it loses you know consistency in regards to momentum of the basketball. Because if you give second chance opportunities to the opponent, you lose your stride in regards to fast break opportunities in, in a defensive mindset. Because now you're down and out because you can't grab the loose balls. So I think it comes down to the it factors, you know, the, the, the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. You know, uh, Marcus Smart's going to have to take charges. You know, Kelly Olynyk's going to have to start grabbing rebounds. Amir Johnson's going to have to have a presence in the paint or else 
uh, Felicio, the guy from the Chicago Bulls coming off the bench, if he starts grabbing three, four offensive rebounds, Amir Johnson, you're sitting on the bench in my eyes, and I'm putting in Jordan Mickey. Okay, Brad Stevens, this this has to be where you, you uh, set the standards against the players that you feel like have been underachieving. Tuka Rask, example, right? He, he faced adversity because Cassidy put him out of the game, right? There, there was moments in the, in, in the season where Brad Stevens put their players in vulnerable position. You look at Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas got benched in the fourth quarter against the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. right? So I think Brad Stevens... You know, now's not, now's not the time to do it. But I'm telling you right now, if guys aren't showing up and you have to win against the Chicago Bulls in, you know, four or five games, I want to see that. You have to have, like, a mentality to say, you know what, if he's not going to do his job, I'll put somebody else in because I have the players to do it. And, and I think Jalen Brown's going to be an X factor. Jalen Brown has to be an X factor in this series because he has to use his athleticism. And he's the only player besides Isaiah Thomas that can create his own shot off the dribble. And he has to grow into that presence and say, you know what, Isaiah, I can be your wing guy. You know, Avery Bradley's going to be coming off screens, playing a pick-and-roll game with the big guys. They have to start doing what got them there. And also working on things that, you know, like rebounding and blocking shots, they're going to have to have a defensive presence. Because Robin Lopez, I'm telling you what, right now, he's a big, big dude. And you got to put a body on his ass or else this will be – Ronda, Rajon Rondo's welcome home party, if that's the case. I and mean, we don't want that. We don't want that. Lay it on the line until the final whistle blows. Thank oh. you, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No, it's the truth, though. I mean, this, this is the playoffs. It is. Okay? You have to have full effort, full tilt for 48 minutes. And, and there's no excuses at this point. Because I think we've seen this team take take a couple games off, maybe individually here and there. They haven't had their best performances. You need it all to come together now. And I don't know if the system. I, I've I spoke last week about how the system was starting to frustrate me. The the whole uh, sort of drive the lane, but then kick it back out behind the arc and launch a three. It's starting to piss me off a little bit because I I, I don't think that they have the talent to be a three point shooting team. And yet that's the system that Brad Stevens has instituted here. It's launch threes, play defense. But I disagree, Dave. I think they're one of the better, I mean, they're no Golden State Warriors, but they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Because they take so many threes. But if you just look at the players, they're not, uh, Marcus Smart should not be shooting threes. He's a guy that you want down low in the post, posting up, making moves down low. And he shouldn't be launching threes. Jay Crowder's similar. He's a big, strong guy. You want him driving the lane, not launching threes although all day. His, although when his shot's falling, it falls. But he well, needs but all yeah. day, too. He yeah. needs all day to take that three. He has to have, like, a full two seconds just to be able to set up and launch a three. He does have one of the it's, slower releases. It's, yeah. it's insane to me that they're not doing a little bit more, not being more versatile as an offense, because you don't have three-point shooters. And to me, the rebounding is a huge thing, and I'm glad you mentioned it because it's one of the things, it got better as the year went on, but it was the main point of concern for all of us, I think, at the beginning of the year was the rebounding. Even down the stretch. And those are physical battles. This is the postseason. Those are the battles you need to win if you want to win games. And before we go to break, I think, you know, Dave made a great point. You know, Brad Stevens, the way that he played, you know, kind of coached his team in college basketball at Butler – was it was a guard-heavy team. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have many post players. So I, I think he's trying to translate his coaching 
to, uh, from the college basketball to the NBA. And I think it's, it's at a roadblock because, like Dave said, you don't have the, the, shooting, the shooters on the team. If you had Klay Thompson or if you had you know, uh, Kyle Korver, guys that can shoot lights out, I agree. You, you, know, you drive and kick. But if you, if, you, if you don't have the players to drive and kick, what's the point of doing that? So That's just dumb. It is. It is. So Brad Stevens, he'll have to make adjustments. I agree with you, Dave. But at the same time, they don't have much of a, a post presence to really put the effort in. I agree. And, and you know what? The, the counter argument last week was this is what got them here. You know, they did win, what, 55 games by the end of it? 53. 53. 53. Which was better than last year and the year before. They've gotten incrementally better every single year under Brad Stevens. So, look, it's what got them regular season success. I don't expect it to change. I guess it comes down to execution with this team. But I think that there is – I think the biggest concern for me is those physical battles down low because it's the postseason. Those those are the battles that effort, now that now plays. you need to win. Yeah. And, and you know what? Isaiah is going to be keyed big time in this series. They're going to double him up consistently, I think. So it's going to fall on other guys to be able to create their own shots, which no one but Isaiah can do on this team. I think Jimmy Butler is going to be playing Isaiah Thomas in this series, and I think Roger Rondo is going to be playing Avery Bradley. But talking about development of the team really quick, so 28 wins to 40 wins to 48 wins to 53 wins, okay? But they went one and done throughout the playoffs. Let, let, let's show the Chicago Only Bulls. once, only once. I'm not counting the Cavs sweep from two years you ago. You have I to, though, I can't. it's a sweep. It's a sweep. If it was, it went they five were games never going to beat the Cavs in that series. I think it's unfair to hold that against Brad Stevens in his first year as as a playoff head coach. It was his second year coaching the Celtics, right? Yeah, but yeah. As his first year in the playoffs facing the Cleveland Cavaliers in round one. Yeah, you can. You I can, mean, you can get on him for getting swept. But sure, you can't get on him. Done. But you can't get Look, on him for losing that series. I don't think anyone expected expect them to win that them to series. Win? Yeah. No, no. But when you extrapolate it to the following year, and they have a bad series against Atlanta, who they probably should have beat last year. Yeah. yeah. Then it then it's like okay, there's a little concern here in the first round. You've got to get out of the first round. And people this season have looked past this first round series, whoever it was going to be that you were going to go up against. People you have can't. been looking past it. Now you you know the team's not going to look past it. Right. I, I don't think, right. but they have been sort of talking this week about, hey, we're the number one seed, and I don't know why people don't think we're legit. Well, it's because you haven't won a first-round playoff series in the two years you've been there since Brad Stevens became the head coach of this team. Right, and you and Brian have been the guys that have sort of been leading this charge of, I'm not ready to talk about this team no, as gotta, an Eastern Conference final contender cool it, you know? until like, they win a freaking playoff series. you got to win a playoff series, all right? So I'm taking a, a one-step-at-a-time approach to the Celtics, just like I am the Bruins, which is which sucks because the Bruins are... You know, they're I think like the sixth seed. If it was if it was an eight team playoff format, they'd be the seven, I think. You know, and this is the number one seed in the East we're talking about here. And this is just how the development is going of this team under Brad Stevens. One year you get swept in the first round, the next year you lose a series in the first round that I think you should have won. Yes, Avery Bradley was injured. Yes, Jay Crowder wasn't a hundred percent. But come on. You should have won that series last year. If Brad Stevens is the brilliant coaching mind that he is, you should have won that first-round series last year, and you better win it this year. I got a two-word slogan for them and theme for the playoffs. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Prove, Prove it. it. You're not a fraudulent first-place team. Prove it. And very quickly, I know we're really right up against it, but I think we're every- actually way over. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to quickly say, am I am I right in saying this, Mark, that every number one seed in NBA history has gotten out of the first round? I believe that I think that's the case. I don't know that for sure, but I remember seeing a graphic that 
pretty much every number one seed in the history of the NBA has gotten out of the first round. So th- you I have that type correct. of pressure. I'll check that in the break. Yeah, but, I think you're correct. Though. But yeah, that I mean that's but something again, that you don't, this is don't a, blow it. This is a fraudulent number one team, so <laughs> you know how it is. 603-883-9900. Yesterday, Aaron Hernandez was acquitted of the 2012 double murder of Daniel De Abreu and Sefiro Furtado. We'll discuss our reaction to that next on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire.